This podcast contains crude and at all times offensive language, as well as adult themes and may be inappropriate for children. If any of that is not your cup of tea, tune into another station. Otherwise, you've been warned. Welcome. Welcome back to Two Girls and One Microphone. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, If you got that reference, I am proud of you. If you didn't get it, you might be too young to listen to our podcast. Please step away now. Step away now. Anyway, uh, you are back with I'm Miranda. And I'm Jen. And this is another episode of Not Everyone's Cup of Tea. Today we're doing the Alaska Triangle straight from the heart. Of the Alaska Triangle. That's right. Super excited to be doing this. This is going to be a weird, strange episode. Uh, The Alaska Triangle. Uh, If you know anything about the Bermuda Triangle, you are in the right place. Because this is similar, except it's in Alaska and not a tropical paradise. (laughs) I mean, I wish we, we, we should have done the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, that, well, you know. Live. <laughs> maybe live from the Bermuda Triangle. Yes, I am I am all for that. Let's Miami's go. included. I, I th- Is I it? I say we go now. Okay. I, I, I know it's off the coast of Florida. That's the only thing I know about Bermuda Triangle. And I don't want to get sucked into a watery vortex and die. <laughs> or giant squid. Or I really just don't want to die. Wormhole? Warm, uh, I mean, depends on where where it ends at. Could, Could be, be kind of cool. Other side of the earth. The other side of the earth. Oh, I mean, as which long is probably as I go more water. From, <laughs> as long as I go from one nice vacation spot to another, that's uh, all I really care about. So anyway, back to the Alaska Triangle. So encompasses about six hundred fifty thousand kilom- kilometers. Kilomiles? Kilomile? Kilometers? (laughs) I I like that. Shouldn't shouldn't have uh, took me that long to get there. Uh, Kilomiles. We don't use the metric system here because we're American. Merca. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so starts off, the tippy top is at Barrow, Alaska, which is at the very top of Alaska. What's the real name? You could check. You could, you, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. You could check. Good job. We'll see. Um, anyway. Well, I'm sure we'll hear. If, if there's any feedback, let me know, because I don't want to pronounce things wrong. Anyway, Barrow, tippy top, that's uh, where you have no sunlight for like a whole month, month and a half in the winter, and then it does rise again. Perfect then, place for vampires. And then summertime, all light. Well, I mean, it's pretty much all light here, too, in the heart of the Alaska Triangle in the summer. Is it the Golden Heart? The Golden Heart. Uh, okay, so Barrow, Tippy Top. Left Point is Anchorage. That is the largest city here in Alaska. And then the right point is Juneau, which is the state's capital. And you can only get to Juneau via plane or boat. Can't drive there. Really? I did not know that. No? Oh, yeah. That's, you know... If you're in office, you don't want people to get to you. That's why you live on an island. It's not an island. It's a peninsula. But hmm. 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, since 1988, more than 16,000 people have gone missing in the Alaska Triangle, which is, I mean, it's still a, a pretty large area, but it certainly doesn't encompass all of Alaska. So 16,000 like people. Two to three times what the Bermuda Triangle can say. Yeah. Well, you know. Suck that, Bermuda. Alaska does it better. <laughs> if it's missing people, we do it great. Everything's bigger in Alaska is what they say, right? <laughs> yeah, suck that, Texas. Anyway, <laughs> so all kinds of weird stuff with the Alaska Triangle that we'll be getting into from cryptic creatures to UFOs and disappearances. So sit back and relax and enjoy what we have to tell you. Jen, do you want to go ahead and go first? I mean, I just wrote some interesting facts about Alaska. Oh, okay. So did you know there are three million lakes? Wow. I feel like... That's a lot of lakes. I feel like they just got tired of counting and was like, yeah, three mil. Sounds good. A lot of... That means lakefront property. It's true. I'm sure... Well... With Sasquatch? Yeah. That'd as be your neat. neighbor? I'd watch it. <laughs> Who needs TV when you have Bigfoot? That's true. Per capita... The most serial killers reside, well, did reside in Alaska. I don't know how true that fact is. Don't fact check me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you come to Alaska when you want to get away from it all or you're running away from something, so. Some infamous serial killers, Israel Keys. Israel Keys, he is a bad person. Was. Yeah, was, because he's dead now, which is uh, for the betterment of society. He's, like, one of the creepiest, too. He is, because he had no, like, motive and mm-hmm. no, what is the word I'm looking for? Clear victim profile? Yeah, so it was, um, you know, whatever he could kill them with and whenever the opportunity arose, mm-hmm. which is scary. Like, I I prefer my serial killers to, like... Be predictable? Like, <laughs> like a certain type. I, I like them... As long as I'm not that type. I like them in jail. It's one type I don't want to be. Or in the ground. <laughs> Unless Dexter. Dexter, I mean... I have not watched Dexter. Shut up. No, have not. Put that on the list. Put, okay, I'll put it on the list right after Peaky Blinders. <laughs> And also, Robert Hansen was an, an, another inf- infamous serial killer in Alaska. The Butcher Baker. The Butcher Baker. Is that, because there's quite a few, is that the one who would scoop up prostitutes? I mean, many serial killers did that. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, um, because he thought that they would be less less uh, missed. Did, did he have one that got away that ran to the highway? Is that, or is that yes. somebody? Okay. So he was trying to get her to the airport to get on his little dinghy. His, his little dinghy? <laughs> you mean his little airplane? Yes. Okay. Um, she, I think she was completely naked and she escaped and was running down um, highway in Anchorage, in the middle of Anchorage. And a truck driver stopped and you know, helped her out, got her to a hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. Oh. Um, and she was with her boyfriend or a trafficker. And then he, she didn't want to call police, but he ended up calling the police. But that ended up getting dismissed. Of course um, it did. Because she was a sex worker, so. Mm. We need justice for the sex workers. Justice for everybody, I feel like. We- I mean, true, but, you know. Anyway, this is not that podcast, so. Next time. (laughs) Next time. 
We'll next. get there mm-hmm. eventually. Anyway, what else was I talking about? Bigfoot. Bigfoot. We got a, we got a hairy man. Is hair is the hairy man and Bigfoot the same? Are they not? Are because because I have you heard other things? Well, I didn't listen very well because I'm not good at that. <laughs> I have ADD, so me too. I'm pulled in a lot of different directions, um, but I didn't know if Sasquatch and the hairy man because they're they're. Their stories, two stories. I didn't know if they were the same. I think they're the same. Entity. I feel like they're just different names. Probably. Yeah. Okay. There's just been so many sightings of Sasquatch, the Hairy Man, Bigfoot, you know. The in Yeti. Alaska. The Yeti. Or is, are Yetis white? They're, they're, you know, it's like the Arctic fox. Maybe they're white in the winter, and that's when they're called the Yeti. <gasps> and that's why they aren't seen. Oh, and then we figured it out. Yeah, breakthroughs happening here, you guys. The Yetis are like Arctic foxes. You heard it live. You heard it live. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That, that is an interesting take. I had never thought of that. Just on the fly here, right you off know. the cuff. So white in also- winter, brown in summer. <laughs> There's also talk about wormholes, how they fade in and out of our reality. So that's how they can remain hidden from humans. Mm-hmm. On the Travel Channel, there was a episode about Bigfoot. And they, they theorized that a wooden stump turned upside down, like a wooden tree, obviously a wooden tree. <gasps> oh, I heard about this. Yeah, so there were logs. Mm-hmm. And they were inverted. Yes. Yeah. And the roots were like up. So it would be like. Like somebody tore it out of the ground, turned it over, and stuck it back in the ground. So they're theorizing that that is uh, Sasquatch Bigfoots. Yeah, because who else would do that? Yeah. I don't know a lumberjack going into the woods and being like, let me turn all these trees upside down. Do you know many lumberjacks? (laughs) More than I ought to. But uh, maybe it's Sasquatch with anger issues, and that's what he was doing. Yeah. Did they theorize why the trees were turned upside down? As a warning to humans that this is Bigfoot territory, don't go any further. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, You know, it's one way. I guess they don't, you know, they can't make a sign. So that's their sign. I mean, could they, though? Here's your sign. They've got hands, like... They don't have things to draw on. They don't have paper. <laughs> they've got Jen. They've got ground. <laughs> you could draw and don't come further. Jen, they don't know English. How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the poor Sasquatch. Yeah. So, I mean, there there's been many sightings and a lot of people think that they fade in and out of reality, our reality. And dimensions. The Sasquatch and, do yes. or the wormholes? The Sasquatch. The sa- okay. The, the Squatch. The Squatch. <laughs> Have you smelled the soap? Squatch soap? No. What is it? They're not sponsored. Which They're, okay. Maybe one day because it smells pretty good. Is it? Is it made it's by Sasquatch? manly. I think it is called Squatch. Okay. Manly sense. Nice. Woodsy. Like a lumberjack. Mm. <laughs> I like that pine saw smell. <laughs> Sorry, that came from nowhere. Anyway, that's pretty much all I got about Bigfoot. I mean, we could go on and on. Mm-hmm. So many sightings. 
Oh, and giants. They say that there are giants in Alaska. You know, I don't believe that, though. No? Because, so I've heard about giants, and I've heard about mammoths, and yeah, Alaska is a big place, but I just feel like we would have some kind of evidence, like irrefutable evidence of giants, because they're big. Uh, Same with mammoths. Like, they're so huge. How do you hide that? They go into the water... And perish. And then you don't... And three million lakes. <laughs> three million lakes. I'm sure they're filled with giant bones. Meh. Of giants and mammoths. Maybe there's piranhas. No, they don't that eat bones. eat bones? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure piranhas, I think, live in warm water. It's an arctic piranha. Oh. <laughs> Does that turn white in the winter, too? Maybe like an Elsa blue. Okay. What would that be called? Ice. Ice blue. Ice. Ice baby. Ice. Ice baby. Okay. Um, giants. They did find a skull that was two to three times uh, the size of a human male skull. Interesting. Yeah. Where did they find that at? Alaska. Shut up, Ken. <laughs> Alaska. I'm not sure. I did not put that in my notes. Okay. Sorry, listeners. Just blame Jen. It's not my fault. Tell her to do better research. <laughs> it's the ADD. <laughs> I get to reading and then there's something else. Okay. Well, I do have a story. Ooh, I love it. I do have a story. It's about the missing Douglas C-54. And if you don't know what a C-54 is, neither did I before I read this story. But it is a large plane, so four engines, 30 meter wingspan, and about Is that a meter or millimeter? Meter, Jen. <laughs> it's meter, okay? Shut your face. And then an eight meter tall fin tail. Tail, tail fin. fin. <laughs> like I a also, dolphin. I, I also have dyslexia uh, <laughs> of the verbal words. Of the mouth. So, this plane had 44 people on board. Most were military personnel. There was a civilian woman and her baby on board as well. It went missing on 26 January 1950. So kind of at the start of the Cold War, you know, the big scare from Russia. It was taking off from Elmendorf Air Force Base, which is located right next to Anchorage. And it was headed towards Montana uh, and carrying a bunch of cargo. So... Two hours into this flight, it flew over Snag, Yukon Territory, and it radioed in like, hey, everything's going great. We're on our way. We're still in the air. Radio check. Not sure what they say. One, two, one, two. I assume it's something like that. And then Montana's waiting. Great Falls, Montana. They got their clocks out. They're like, where's this plane at? An hour goes by after it was supposed to land, still not there, and they start this investigation. Prior to flying over Snag, where the last radio call was heard, they had been checking in every 30 minutes. So, and then they went... Is that typical? They went six hours without any radio calls. No, not typical. So, they had a lot of people looking for them, 
right? It was one of the largest groups of U.S. military personnel to ever go missing. So they launched this military operation called Operation Mike. It was named after the aircraft commander's first lieutenant, Kyle McMichael. And the search involved 85 American and Canadian planes and 7,000 personnel who searched 350,000 square miles of the Pacific Northwest. Wow. Right? That's a lot. So two of the planes that were involved in the search and rescue crashed during during the investigation. The first crashed just two days later on the 30th, and that was a C-47, and it crashed into the McClintock Mountains here in Alaska. No fatalities, and the pilot... Like, once the plane crashed, the pilot got out. He walked 13 kil- kilometers. I'm going to have problems with that word today. Um, to the Alaska Highway. Kilomiles. <laughs> so he walked 13 kilometers to the Alaska Highway to flag down help. There were some injuries, but no fatalities. The other plane that crashed, the second one, crashed. There's records that say it crashed on the 7th of February. Other records say the 16th of February. And it was a Royal Canadian Air Air Force craft, another C-47, and it crashed near Snag, the same place that the last radio call was heard. Coincidence? Probably. Anyway. So is that Snag, Yukon, or in Alaska or Canada? So it's kind of right on the border. Okay. So um, technically Yukon Territory, but we include it in the Alaska Triangle. Mm-hmm. So no fatalities from that crash. The operation was suspended when resources were needed to investigate yet another military plane crash, which was a B-36 that had dropped its fat man. Those are quotation marks that you heard in my voice there. It's fat man type nuclear weapon. Uh, the, oh, so the Corps was led because it was a training exercise, right? They were they were seeing if they could get this plane one stop from Alaska to Texas mm-hmm. because we're entering the Cold War and we need to be able to carry bombs long range. So it lost its nuclear weapon. It dropped it. I don't think that was ever found either, but Corps was led. So it, it wasn't fantastic. Wasn't anything that was going to blow up. Well, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so operations were stopped because that plane crash then needed more investigation. Uh, and it crashed into a mountain. They did find its pieces. That one did not disappear. Very sus. So officially the search was called off on 2-20-1950. And we are left wondering what happened. Did it crash and the wreckage was just never found? Alaska is a pretty vast place. Did it crash in the Alaska Triangle near Snag, or did it crash on its course in the in the Yukon and through the rest of Canada? If it was radioing in every 30 minutes prior to its last communication in Snag, I would assume it was probably going to radio in every 30 minutes on its full course, but I'm not a pilot, so I can just speculate. Do you know any? I do know a couple pilots. Yes, I do. Me too. <laughs> interesting. Uh, interesting reports did come out or come to light during the investigation. 
So there were two reports of UFOs by officers at Elmendorf Air Force Base. Again, that's where the the Douglas aircraft took off from. The first um, report happened a week before the Douglas disappearance, and the second happened just two days after. The reports include seeing two UFOs hovering over a hangar and emitting a green light. Another report cited three orange cigar-shaped UFOs flying in tandem above the base. <laughs> cigar-shaped? Cigar-shaped. That's what it said. You know um, what else is shaped like a cigar? Oh, Lord. What? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck, Jen? <laughs> Jennifer! Jennifer. Um, so, cited three orange cigar-shaped UFOs flying in tandem above the base. This was cataloged as happening the same day as the disappearance. Oh! <gasps> What? Yeah. Aliens. Mm -hmm. Um, All sightings were investigated by the Alaskan Air Command, who ruled that the objects were neither weather phenomena or recognized aircraft. So, indeed, UFOs, we don't know if they're aliens or not, but sounds like aliens, and I think aliens makes it more interesting. So that's what I'm going with. There was talk of restarting the search for the missing Douglas in March of 2022. So there was a whole team that was going to go in and see if they could find any pieces of the wreckage, you know, here half a century later. And as of now, there have been no updates, so I assume they have not found anything. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of your UFOs. Oh, what is it? So I I do have a pilot friend Mm -hmm. who has another pilot friend. Mm -hmm. And he said that he was flying over Mount Hayes, which we'll get into a little bit. It's said to be a... A joint U.S. military <laughs> slash alien. Yeah. Joint with aliens. Like freaking Stranger Things. Ooh. A base. An alien army base. Alien army base. Sounds like legit. It. What do you think? Anyway, so he was flying over Mount Hayes, and he saw one big giant orb mm-hmm. of light. And then it dissipated into many little orbs of light. Ooh. And then right back slap into another just big orb of light. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Mount Hayes is in the very middle of the triangle. And it's located a few hours away from where we are now. And it is said to be like the epicenter of all this weird UFO vortexy stuff. We also have a coworker who was hunting at the base of Mount Hayes. And I asked him if he saw any aliens, you know, because he knew we were going to do this show. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, he didn't, but he almost drowned in the one of the three million lakes at the base of Mount Hayes. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Was there any weird phenomenon that left that led to the the potential drowning, or no, I he just I didn't dig further. Maybe maybe he had too many. <laughs> Decided to go swimming. I, I don't think. I think I don't was know. Was he trying to wrestle a moose? He was hunting, and I think it was for a sheep. Oh. <laughs> oh, those sheep will get you in trouble every time. Every time. Every time. So, another weird thing in Alaska. Again, not in the Alaska Triangle, but near it, is Lake Iliamna. Ooh, It is pretty. the largest lake in Alaska. It's the third largest lake in the United States. 
It's 77 miles long and up to 22 miles wide at its widest point. It's Whoa. a big lake. Big lake. The average depth is about 144 feet. The max depth is almost 1,000 feet, just shy of 1,000 feet. Whoa. Super deep, super cold, super big. That's super what weird she lake. Said. <laughs> That's what she said. So, this lake is said to have lake monsters. Ooh. Think of Loch Ness. Ooh. Nessie. Ooh. Meaner. Oh, no. Yeah. Not we like nice Nessie. Nice Nessie. Yeah. Yeah. The smiling Nessie. Yeah. Not potentially murderous. Kill, kill you Lake Placid ne- Nessie. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. So, not giant alligators, not like Lake Placid, but. This is some backstory on the Lake Iliamna monster. So Iliamna is the name of a mythical great big blackfish that is supposed to inhabit the lake. Why is it got to be black? That's just what it is, Jen. Do you think he color changes? So there have been kind of different reports. So black, some have called it like grayish color. I think there are some reports of something like white or light underneath the surface of the lake water. A beluga. So there are belugas that can come up to this lake because it's, you know, a river feeds into it. It's fresh water, but belugas do come into it and have been sighted swimming around. So not, not out of the realm of possibilities there. Most sightings say the creature is about 10 to 30 feet long, has a square head that's good for, like, butting into boats and that kind of stuff. Mm. The early reports, the earliest reports are by the, and I'm probably not going to say this right, Tlingit people. And it's described as a large water-dwelling animal with a head and tail like a wolf and a body like an orca. Interesting. I'd, I'd pay to see that. The native Aleut people spoke of fish-like creatures that traveled in groups and would attack canoes and kill warriors. They were afraid of these things. As I would be too. Everyone should be. More sightings were noted through the 1950s and through the 70s by pilots that would like fly low over the lake and they would see certain things. And in 1979, the Anchorage Daily Newspaper offered $100,000 to anyone who could provide proof of its existence. Hmm. Spoiler alert, nobody did. (laughs) Uh, And then some sightings. So in 1967, a friend of a missionary named Chuck (laughs) Crapachute. She made that up. (laughs) I did not. I can't say it. I'm I'm very terrible with words. Crapshoot? Crapachek? Crapachek? Okay. Capachek? Anyway. Cappuccino? He, um, so a friend of his who had seen the creature twice went to the lake to bait it from his float plane, which sounds like a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Not recommended. <laughs> he felt this giant jerk. It jerked him off of his plane. So he's in the water. <laughs> oh, shit. He's swimming for his life to get to the shore. Like, this is a horror movie. I wish they'd make this movie. They should. <laughs> Netflix, listen up. Maybe we'll make that. <laughs> I don't want to make a movie. <laughs> 
So he felt this jerk. He was thrown out of his plane. He's swimming towards the shore. He barely makes it to the shore. And then he had to walk for miles before he was able to recover his float plane. And it was being towed all across this lake. Like he's just watching his plane go back and forth being towed by whatever is under the water. When he finally did recover it, three cables had snapped off, right? Because he had baited some cables and left them in the water to float. And then the hooks that he had on the ones that remained, they were eight to nine inches long and they were straightened out. So no longer hook-like. Yeah. That's scary. A megalodon. (laughs) Some have theorized it. it's like a giant pike or... Another fish called a white sturgeon. Oh. Like a giant one. Mm-hmm. Um, and some have theorized they, they like they are in schools or groups or packs, whatever you want to call them. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about Congressman Hale Boggs, the Senate Majority Leader, his plane going missing? I have. Do regale us with the tail. Well, I don't really have the tail. I'm just, you know. Oh, Jesus, Jeff. Sorry, guys. But his plane went missing in 1970s, and that's kind of when the Alaska Triangle was looked at more deeply. <laughs> that's what she said. Yes, that is what she said. And then um, the pyramid. Have you heard about the pyramids? The pyramid. The Black Pyramid? Under no. the center of the state? I've never heard about this. So apparently it's been, like, archaeologists have found... Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> I'm enthralled. What are you talking about? This is my enthralled phase. I'll fix it next time. But that it's a giant pyramid, like the size of the Great Pyramid in Giza, um, under the middle of the state. Are you shitting me? I'm not shitting you. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll have to. We might have to do a a second edition. I think second episode on Alaska later. Yeah, later. What do you want to talk about? With the aurora. What about the aurora? It's beautiful. <laughs> and magical. Do you think the... <laughs> do, you, do you think that the aurora has some effect on all of these strange and weird occurrences? No. <laughs> no. No? No. Is that your... That's my official opinion, and only because... Well, not only because, but we're not the only place with the aurora. <laughs> Michigan sees the aurora, for God's sake. Occasionally. And I only know that because I know from people... Like, I know people from Michigan, and that's what they tell me. They're like, oh, we can see the aurora, too. You're not special. You're not special. And then But I, do you... Then I go cry. Are you in a triangle? No. You're not in a triangle. Michigan. That's, I, she was looking at me and I was like, I'm definitely not in a triangle. <laughs> Is that polyamory? Is that what we're talking about? No, I don't know we what should we're talking do, about We now. should do a show on that though. We could. Polyamory. Polyamory. Thruples. Yeah. We should get somebody who's in a thruple to get star. Yes. Even if, even if anonymously. That's yeah. fun. That would be fun. Or swingers. That would Do be. you know any? I don't. I don't know any swingers. No? No. You sure? <laughs> or you bet you do. <laughs> you just don't know you know them. 
Uh. Oh, Otter Man. Shit, there's an Otter Man. Okay, go there's ahead. an Otter Man. He's a shapeshifter. Shapeshifting Otter Man. So tell me about the Otter Man. He is called the Kushtaka. Are you sure on that pronunciation? Semi sure. Okay. Like 75. Okay. Otter Man. Kushtaka. Kushtaka. What is his tail? He's got an otter tail, obviously. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Jen, you are the worst. (laughs) I hope it was amusing. (laughs) FYI, Otter Man. Guess what? No info. Look it up. <laughs> give it a goog. Give it a goog. We're just here to give you the information, but not real information, just the headlines. Okay, so that is our show for today. Everybody, have a wonderful rest of your day. And we're out. Bye. Bye.